Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. Today is Student Ministry Sunday. And every year we take out at least one Sunday to celebrate what God is doing in our young people. And so, of course, here every Sunday we're gathered, the Word is preached, lives are changed. In our small groups, our discipleship groups, same stuff is happening. But um, I think sometimes the the adults aren't really in tune with what's going on in the lives of our our young people. And so today I want to really showcase, I want to highlight what God is doing in our students, in our teenagers. And so with that said, would y'all give it up for the panel here? We've got Pastor David, CJ and Aaliyah, and a host of, got some leaders and some others that we're going to introduce here in just a minute. Um, but before I get to the, the, the Q&A part of today, because we do have some questions that we're going to ask and some answers, some very incredible answers that, that are going to be given that will be edifying to you. Before I even get to that, l- let me just say this, that, well, the devil is aft- after the, the younger generation. How many of y'all know that's true? The world wants our kids, and there is this tug-of-war thing going on, and I see it so clearly. And of course, the devil has been lying since the very beginning. The Bible says that when he speaks, he lies, and when he lies, that's like his own native language. Like, he can't help himself but to lie. And so, of course, deception is, is a part of the world. It has been for a very long time. But how many of y'all know uh, the devil has, well, a new means to export his lies, and it's called the Internet, it's called TikTok. It's called Instagram. It's called all the different social media platforms uh, that many of them, I don't even know what they're called because I'm getting old and I don't even know what the new ones are. Uh, I'm on Facebook. I've heard Facebook is for old people. Is that true? Okay. Yeah, I'm 44. So I'm Facebook. I have an Instagram account too, but, but uh, there's always been deception. There's always been darkness and evil in the world. But, but today our, 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 our teenagers, our young people are under an unprecedented attack. How many of y'all know that's true? That, that culture, I'm not trying to be ugly today, but that culture is like, a, it's like an open running sewer. And, and the filth of culture is being piped into our, our children's minds, into their hearts. And in my fear about the younger generation, many of them, is that they don't know whose they are. And by extension, they don't know who they are. But if we don't tell them who they are in the Lord, how many of y'all know the world will be very quick to tell them who the world thinks that they are? which is not in alignment with the Word of God. And so listen to me very carefully. We have to, as parents, be super proactive to make sure that we are equipping our teenagers, our students, our kids with a biblical worldview. Now, do y'all know what that means, worldview? Y'all know what that means? A worldview is the way that you view the world. Like if you were to pick up some glasses and put them on, it's the way that they see the world. How many of y'all know the aim is for our young people to see the world themselves, one another, the way God sees the world, the way God sees them. That's the aim. But unfortunately, a lot of our young people, they're lost. They're just lost like many of us were. And as I said at the first service, the devil is using weapons, weapons of mass deception, weapons of mass perversion, weapons of mass confusion. 
In my years of ministry, I've never seen more confusion and more deception than I see right now in the culture. How many of y'all know it's very bleak? It's very glum in a lot of ways. But in the midst of all that, the light is shining. God is raising a generation of young people who are going to stand flat-footed on the Word of God and proclaim the Word of God. And we have some up here on the stage that you're going to hear from in just just a minute. So all is not lost. But listen to me, parents. Please lean in. Please lean in. Listen very carefully. We have a responsibility to equip our young people with the Word of God. Oftentimes people, you know, they'll ask the question, you know, where where does your youth ministry take place? And a lot of times that person means, well, does it happen in the sanctuary? Does it happen, you know, in another place in the church building? But, But we're thinking the wrong way. Because biblically, you know where youth ministry really begins? Let me show you. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 6. Look up here on the screen with me. Listen to what the Word of God says. Say it with me. Hear, O Israel, Shema, the Lord our God. The Lord is what? The Lord is God. He's one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. Say it with me. With all your soul. And with all your what? Might. Keep going. And these words that I command you today shall be on your what? You shall teach them diligently to your children. Say that again. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And she'll talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you do what? Lie down and when you... Keep going. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. One more verse. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So question, where does youth ministry begin? It should begin... In the home. And oftentimes parents will, well, they'll outsource. They'll drop off kids at church and the responsibility we think falls upon CJ and Aaliyah to disciple our kids. And we're going to talk about their role here in just a minute. But listen to me, parents. I want to put a good, positive pressure on you and on myself. Now listen, I can go and I can write books and I can preach the gospel and I can see you know, demons cast out and souls saved and I can minister all over the place. But if I fail to disciple my own children, I am a failure as a pastor. Did y'all hear that? It is my responsibility to disciple my children. It is not CJ's. Now CJ can help, but it is my job. It is my job primarily to make sure that that takes place in my own household. Now, how many of y'all know as parents, there are a lot of challenges to teaching the Word of God to your children. you think it'd be a simple thing, right? But there are lots of distractions, aren't there? And we have to fight. We have to be proactive to make sure that we are teaching our children, talking about the Word of God, teaching the Word of God, which, by the way, that's not just you sitting down at the dinner table doing Bible studies with your children. That's fine. But what I found and what Kelly has found that's very impactful is making sure that we are in our kids' lives as they go through issues, as they, have, you know, they face problems, that we're there with them along the way. As, as problems are, are raised, we have biblical solutions, a lot of 
Uh, scripture comes to life in their lives whenever there's a, a situation that they're facing that they don't know how to overcome. It's not just getting out the board and writing out points. Conversations about God, conversations about how to respond to culture, conversations just about how to walk through this very dark time that we're in. All of that's very important and it is included in Deuteronomy 6. The point is you create an atmosphere where your kids are learning about the things of God. Watch this. By the words that you speak and the example that you set. Did y'all hear that? Not just the words you speak. That's important. But, but the example that you set. And none of us are perfect. But the aim is to set that example and to give our kids a biblical world view. To know how to view the world in front of them. Because listen, if we're not proactive in this, if we don't get to them first, I promise you, the world and the devil will get to them. And not just to them, but in them. And we have to work very, very carefully to make sure that does not happen. Now, if you're here and you're a parent, you have a teenager or a young, young child at home that's uh, growing up in your home and you're thinking about the teenage years to come, listen to me carefully. It can be a very, very burdensome thing to think about discipleship and to think about teaching and training your kids. And for a lot of you parents, if you're anything like us, you're busy, you're here, you're there, you're all over the place. Uh, it's been said that the devil cannot deceive you. He will do everything he can to distract you. How many of y'all sometimes get a little distracted from serving the Lord yourself? Well, if that happens with us, that's going to happen, of course, with our kids as well. But listen, we have got to be so Proactive. We have to be so careful to make sure that our kids, our teenagers, are the priority. To make sure that we're teaching them the Word of God. That we're impressing these things upon them. Now, you, you might be wondering, okay, you, you got me, Pastor Scott. I know the responsibility is mine, but how does that look? I'm busy. I work you know, a full-time job, and I've got lots of kids, and like, I don't know the Bible that well. Like, how do I do that? Well, let me give you two resources that will help you. And these resources are good for teenagers, but they're also really good for adults. So look up here on the screen. The first one is this. Please, please, parents, please, please, please. Take a screenshot. You know, uh, take a picture of that right there. Go to the website right now. Saveaxis.org in your phone. Save it in, in your browser as a bookmark. Axis.org is so powerful. It is a tool I use with my own kids at home. And, and here's kind of the impetus behind this discussion. What I've discovered in this last season is that as I look for resources to use to, to equip my own kids, what I found is that there are resources that are super um, relevant in the look, but there's no substance. Other resources have substance, but they're not very relevant or cool. Now, I'm 44. I have no idea what cool even means. And wherever my kids are, don't say a word. Um, but I don't know. That, but this site has done a really good job of bringing relevancy and the, the substance of the Word of God together. So, if you go to this website, what you will find, and there's an app you can download, there are like, I don't know, 40 different topics that are super relevant for your teenager. Uh, topics like identity, uh, sex, uh, relationships. I mean, you name it, it's on the site. And when you watch the videos, they're about 10 minutes long, the videos do a really good job of being relevant, talking about relevant issues. But then those that shoot the video, those who are in the videos, they do a great job of bringing Scripture into the discussion. And by raising questions, how many of y'all know it's good to raise a question, but we got to answer the question with Scripture. 
And that's what they do in these videos. It's an incredible resource. Uh, not too long ago, I sat down with my sons, uh, one to the left, the other to the right. I pulled out my computer. I said, we're going to watch this, this video. And of course, they had no idea what they were about to watch. Uh, but we watched, uh, we actually, we watched three. But uh, there was one on racism. There was one on identity. And, and we watched them together. And it was so powerful where, you know, for, for my own kids, and I don't want to embarrass them, but it's almost like, well, Dad, you're a pastor. It's your, it's your job to teach me the Bible. And that is true. But it was really cool to sit down with this resource and let the, these other teachers bring my own teenagers into these important discussions, and they got to learn from them. But I'm in the middle of it, facilitating it all, asking questions about the topic, and then I'm like, okay, I want to see how, how good this really is. And so we watched a video, and then I, I set the computer aside. I told my sons, I'm like, I'm going to go in the other room. I'm going to do something real quick. I'll be right back. And it was really a test because I wanted to see what they would do. Well, I walked out, came back a few minutes later, looked around the corner, and one of my sons had the computer and was watching the next video, which I was very, very, very proud of that I saw him doing that. He watched one on racism. And it was a powerful video that talked about the ills of racism. It talked about scripture, brought it all together. And it was just so awesome to see that happening in my own house. And so listen, parents of teenagers, listen, adults, use this resource. There are PDFs. There are little mini booklets. There are videos here that will help you as you equip your own children with a biblical worldview. And then also, one other thing let me mention that's very important is the gold book. How many of y'all have gone through the gold book? Let me see your hands. Let me see your hands. The rest of you, no harm, no foul. But I wrote in 11, what is it, 11 chapters. There it is right there. Uh, it's called the discipleship book, where you go from the beginning of the Bible to the end, asking key questions. I wrote this as a resource for you. Adults, let me see, raise your hands again if, you, if you've been through it. Let me see your hands. Okay. Many of you haven't. Listen, adults, get the book, please. Go through the questions. Go through this on your own, you can go through it with another leader, but use this resource as a Bible study tool with your kids. I'm so proud of Hudson. Hudson is going through it right now. He's answering the questions, and then we're going to meet and go through the topics together. But listen, I don't want to be the pastor that just gets up and says, get after it, disciple your kids, y'all have a responsibility. I've spent hours Many, many hours writing resources, doing the research so I can equip you so that we can do this together. So I'm trying to make this easier for y'all. I'm trying to equip y'all. I'm trying to equip y'all. And, and, and I, hey, I'm in this with you, man. I'm, we're in this together. It's a community project. None of us have, have done this perfectly. But I do want to create an environment here where we are laying biblical foundations and instilling a biblical worldview in in our young people. And I'm so, so proud of what God's doing. I'm so proud of the move of God that's happening in many of your homes, but in particular, the move of God that's happening right here with our students in student ministries. And as I think about youth ministry, parents feel the responsibility. I feel the weight. I want you to feel the weight as well. But I also want you to know that, that we are here to partner with you I am here to partner with other parents because discipleship is a community project. And parents, you can't disciple your kids on your own. You need help. You do need CJ and Aaliyah and the other leaders. We're going to do this together. But think about this, y'all. I'm going a little long with this part because I want you to get it. If we will concentrate our attention on the next generation, 
I know it's bleak and I know it's glum. And I know there's a lot of perversion. There's a lot of confusion. But listen, we have an opportunity to raise our children who will be raised up by the power of the Spirit to change the world for Jesus Christ. I really believe that we have that ability by the Spirit. But we have to be super careful to take advantage of the resources that we have. And some of those resources are in the form of, of course, this awesome couple. Give it up for CJ and Aaliyah. They've done an amazing job. And so, uh, CJ, I want you, I'm going to go sit down. I want you to tell everyone about what's going on in student ministries. I know a lot of the adults here, uh, they hear you know, bits and pieces. But talk to everyone here about what y'all are doing. Give everybody kind of a, a behind-the-scenes explanation of what God's doing in student ministries. Yeah, so just first things first, I just want to thank all of you for just entrusting my wife and I with your teenagers. Like, one of the greatest joys of our life is being the youth pastors here at Midtown. So thank you, Pastor Scott and Pastor David, and just everything that y'all do to pour into us. But I just wanted to make sure I said that first. But if you're not familiar with what we do, we host Wednesday services for high school students at 630. And we also offer high school Bible studies on Sunday mornings during the 11 o'clock service as well. And then we also have middle school services during the 11 o'clock that we host in the multipurpose room. So if, you're, if you haven't been plugged in or you have a student that, that maybe have come before, I would just encourage you to allow them to keep coming through and allow them to find just their footing. Because I believe if they really lean in and plant themselves there, they can find a lot of purpose, a lot of the gospel, and just a lot of real good community to help them grow. Okay? So, I sh- so I sh- yeah, go ahead. Come on. <laughs> but one thing I really want to stress is the reason why we do this and we put on all these services and we, we do these small groups, we do D groups and all of these good things is because we really believe that the next generation determines the direction of the future generation. Like, we believe that, that if we don't grab the students now then eventually their detour is going to actually lead to a path that they're paving for those to come after them, right? So that's why we try our hardest to really partner with you all. We do our hardest to just make disciples because that's one thing that we're passionate about, making disciples. The Great Commission, therefore, go out and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that he said. And that's one thing that we get to do with the Gold Book and just to have these incredible leaders up here. Right. But speaking of the next generation, I kind of want to highlight the students in here. So, y'all, can we put our hands up for our students? Come on. Come on. Y'all are incredible. And the reason why I want to really highlight them is because we get to see God really use them. We get to see them use their gifts. We see Lainey. um, She's one of our students, and she sings, and it's just incredible. Her, Riley. And then we get to see Cole and Ben and other students who, in our Bible study, is just so engaging when it comes to the Word of God. And it's so phenomenal. But speaking of just kind of the life change that we've been experiencing, I kind of want to highlight one of our students, Riley, up here. She's phenomenal, y'all. She goes to Lafayette High. She's in choir. She sings. And she's just an incredible student who we've seen start with us, right? And now today, we just watch her walk and endure and continue in her faith to where she's still living for God today. So, Riley, can you kind of, yeah, come on, let's give it up for Riley. <laughs> Riley, can you share with us just kind of what happened when you gave your life to Jesus? Yeah, um, so I want to shout out CJ and Aaliyah for giving me this opportunity. God has really put it on my heart that it's my time to share, and I just want to thank y'all for giving thank me the you. opportunity. Um, but anyways, uh, in sixth grade, I realized that I was just going down a rough path. I was surrounding myself with a bunch of non-Christians doing the wrong things, and it was just a, 
a really dark time in my life. And what I realized was like, okay, I don't want to be remembered in middle school as this girl that was doing all these things just to be like cool or popular and like taking in what the world is telling me to do instead of telling like instead of taking in what God is telling me to do. And so um, I was like, God, I want to change. Can you just send me a change? And I kept on praying and everything. And I was like, he's like, go to church. And I was like, okay. So I started coming to Wednesday nights. I started coming to Sundays. Um, and I ended up doing really good. It, I did the Bible plans, Bible studies with Aaron and Maddie and all of them. And um, in eighth grade year, I slipped off again into a dark hole in my life. And um, it was about the time where I had to choose which high school I went to. It was either Acadiana High or Lafayette High. And um, the main difference was like my parents and us sat down and we were like, okay, you stay on this path at Acadiana with all these dark friends and everything and all these bad people, or you can start a fresh slate. God is going to open the door for you at Lafayette High to do a miracle. And it just so happened I applied to Lafayette High. I was like, what's the worst? I can just start over. So I prayed to God about it. I was like, God, this is, this is the time I need you. And sure enough, I went to Lafayette High, started off new. And honestly, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for God. God has moved in my life so much, and throughout my friends, I've started bringing my cousins to church, my friends to church. I spread the word at school. I was just so happy because for the longest time, I was living two lives in one body. I would come to Sunday services and be like, oh yeah, I'm a Christian, praise, worship. Um, I would go back to school the next day and just go back to like, you're like, just, surrounding myself with those friends and I was like no I can't do this no more and I finally gave my life to Christ and I'm just so grateful for what God has done for me and he can do that for anyone in this room today and I know he's done so many things and for everyone in this room and I just want to be a role model for my fellow students over here and I just love where I'm at today and I thank the Lord for that. Great job, Riley. So proud of you. Thank you for sharing your testimony with us. Um, and, on, you know, on the same topic of honoring our students, we also have one of our other students. Her name is Tessa. Tessa uh, attends WCA, and um, she's heavily involved at her school. And I just want Tessa to be able to have an opportunity to share how she sticks out her faith amongst her friends and her family. So, Tessa, can you share that with us? Yes. So I have always kind of loved to share the word of Jesus, even when I was a really little kid and we would go to the store and I would tell everybody who I wa was and um, then I would ask them if they knew Jesus. And if they said no, I would talk about it. And if they said yes, I would talk about it. And I promise you at the end of every store trip, everybody in that store knew who I was. Um, and I really kind of admire that fearlessness that I had when I was such a small kid to just go out there and not care what other people thought. And as I got older, that was kind of a problem where I just started thinking about what other people thought of me. And it was just kind of a goal in my life to not change myself for the world and to stay true to who I am and who God wants me to be. And um, I really love the school that I'm at because, you know, we grow every day in our Bible classes and we bring Christ into everything that we do. And we have a missions team where we collect um, canned goods and blankets for homeless shelters and um, food banks. And we go out into the community and we serve. 
And as I got older, I really fell in love with, um, I kind of found my passion in singing and music. And um, I joined choir at my school and also at my church where I would sing and I joined the praise team and I went to nursing homes and I sang and it was just a really great experience and I loved it so much. And I really feel like God has put it on my heart that I need to be a servant and serve others because that's something that's always consistent in my life. I can always serve others. I can always be out there doing something. And it's just a really great, and it makes me feel good. It's a really great experience for me. That's awesome. Awesome, awesome. Riley and Tessa, thank you so much for sharing with us today. You know, I was in, I was in student ministry for 15 years. And this is one of the things I learned that it doesn't matter uh, how incredible our student pastors are and they are incredible. You got to have a great team around you, right? Because by yourself, you can only do so much. But when you develop a team, then you can accomplish a whole lot more. And man, one of the giftings of CJ and Aaliyah is raising up, not only ministering to students, but raising up a leadership team. And they've done an incredible, incredible job with that. I know for Tara and I, with our daughters, our daughters are 14 and 15, and the leaders just pouring into our children just gives us confidence with our kids being connected to student ministry here at Midtown. I know with our kids, anytime they say, hey, Maddie and Remy want us to go, we just say yes. They're like, you don't even know where we're going. It doesn't matter. If Remy and Maddie are taking you, we want you to be there, right? Because we want that type of influence with our kids. And so today we have Maddie Landry here, one of our our student leaders. (laughs) Maddie is 20 years old, turns 21 tomorrow. Some of you old people remember that, right? And not only does she turn 21 tomorrow, she graduates from LSUE this coming Friday, which is a great accomplishment. And Maddie, I just want you to kind of share with us your motivation. You're 20 years old, 21 years old, you're uh, busy, you've got a lot going on, but what's your motivation for investing in students? Yeah, uh, first, thank you all for having me. I love, I love this family so much. Um, but definitely my motivation... Uh, with staying in student ministry and and pursuing it continuously daily um, is kind of just to give you an idea of myself. So I'll go back a little bit. I grew up knowing God. My mom raised me knowing God. And I I was in middle school going to church camps, speaking in tongues. I, I, I fell in love with the Lord in middle school. But when I entered into high school, which public high school, I went to Acadiana. It is my class was like over 400 people. It was huge. When you go into high school, you kind of do enter into the, the real world, the real world. And it's, it seems like it's not the real world, but you're entering into so much more darkness, so much more light. Like there's so much to it. You're, you're entering and meeting so many more people. And I just remember that in high school, I had began to live a double life where I was like, yeah, mom, I'm, I'm going to church on Sundays. I'm, I'm a good kid. I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm making the grades. But then when I was not with my family, not with my mom. I was making that double life choice. And I think um, that, that did carry on until college, which I unfortunately had a rough two years um, being and entering into that stage of college where I, the, real, the real adulthood world was like, whoa, this is crazy. Like, I can't do this alone. And 
what motivates me to stay in ministry is I remember meeting CJ and Aaliyah and I remember bringing, well, at first I was like, yeah, I'm good. Like nothing's wrong. I'm, I'm living life. Right. And then I remember just sitting down with them. We played a game and the card was, what can we do to keep you like, to be good for you? What can we do to help you grow? And I just began to sob. And I was like, I, I need y'all to, to hang on to me, just to, to sit with me and be there and not leave me and invite me in. And I remembered that it, that brokenness brought me all the way to a point of like, all right, Lord, I'm done. I can't have control of my life. And we're not supposed to. And he was like, all right, good. You understand now. Like, you, you need it. You're right. Good job. And when I look at the younger generation and I work with these young kids, I'm like, gosh, they're so innocent. Like, what they know is what we teach them. Like, they, they don't come into the world knowing. We don't come into the world knowing. We come in and we, we look at what we need and our providers and we look at what's going to be taught into our life. And what motivates me is God has gifted me with a testimony. Yeah, I made those choices. You're right. I, I did have a few, um, few years of a rough, a rough patch, but now I can walk these girls out of it or even prevent them from it. I have a, I have a calling that can say, no, you know what? You're not alone and you are going to get through this because God did it in my life and he will do it in yours. And <laughs> I know I love the Lord. I love the Lord. But, um, I did go to freedom this weekend. And if, I said this in the first service, but if you're my prayer leader, and if you remember saying this, um, uh, I was in a moment of prayer with a prayer partner, and she was looking at me, and she grabbed my heart, and she said, I just want you to know, Maddie, your wounds are not for you, that what you're going through is to speak to the younger generation, and oftentimes, we allow the enemy to disqualify ourselves, and I've allowed him to disqualify me multiple times, like, I was like, yeah, you know what, I'm, I'm not able to do this. I don't speak like this person speaks. I don't talk and look like this person. Like, I'm not, I, I have a, a dirty past. And literally, the enemy wants us to be divided with the younger generation. He wants us to not worry about it, to not care about it, but that, that's a lie. And so um, if I can encourage anyone on in, in how to stay involved in, in ministry, whether that's youth ministry, whether that's at your job, whether that's just with the people on the streets in the store, like Tessa said, um, just remind yourself that your story and what God has done in your life is how you can tell them about his faithfulness. Because if he pulled you out of it, most likely the conversation you have with the youth, with the older people, with the people on the streets, they need to be pulled out of it too. And so, yeah, I definitely say just my motivation is just reminding myself, God, God pulled me out and I'm going to, I'm going to help the generation do that. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Maddie. Well, Tara and I don't have any sons, but if I had a son, I can tell you this, although my girls do mow grass, so that's good. Um, Hey, if I had a son, I'd want them to connect with Cam Baker. Cam, of course, you saw him playing drums this morning. Cam is amazing. So Cam, tell us about your your involvement in student student ministry here at Midtown. Uh, So if there's anything you know about Cameron, it's that I'm an extrovert through and through. I mean, if I see you, I'm probably going to talk to you. Uh, I I just like engaging with people, probably to a fault, because I suck at remembering names, okay? But I promise you, I remember your face, and I just feed off of that energy. And so God's just giving me this, this love for people. But with this love for people, he also gave me a burden for people. And so what that means is I don't look at you or you or you as just a person, but I see you as a soul, and I know that that soul is going to be spent in eternity somewhere. And so over the last couple of years, God just really give, gave me this burden for the, the next generation. And so I've had plenty of opportunities, thankfully, to actually pour into the next generation. As Pastor David said, I, I drum here on Sundays. And one of those opportunities was to be able to teach at Southside High School. 
So I taught their drum line for a little while, and what I realized was that I was just really passionate and intentional with teaching these guys drumming technique. And what I realized was that it was because when I was in high school, I didn't really have that for myself. And so I'm reading this book about you know, the heart of a leader, and it says that a lot of leaders are born because of a deficit that they face in their own lives. And so I, I figured that that actually rings true in ministry because though I was in a good youth ministry, you know, had Wednesday night service and, and Sunday night small groups, I lacked a spiritual mentor. I lacked somebody that would walk with me through thick and thin, who was there for my wins, who was there for my losses, who held me accountable. And so since I got to Midtown about seven or eight months ago, they have given me the opportunity to serve. And I was serving pretty well, and God had to sit me down and say, hey, look, you're doing well serving, but I need you to learn how to be a son. And so I didn't really realize what he meant by that, but he was saying, hey, if you're going to be a spiritual mentor to these students, if you're going to be a spiritual father to these students, you need to learn how to be a son to me first. And so through this season of me learning how to truly be a son, he was like, you need to ask for an understanding of my heart. And so as I began asking for an understanding of the father's heart, he was able to imprint in me the joy of of seeing a student do well, but also the pain of, of seeing a student not do so well. And so he really changed my perspective to where I no longer see these students as just students, but I see them as brothers and sisters and sons and daughters. And if you're a parent in here, raise your hand. Raise your hand. So I know you guys would do close to anything for your children. Am I right? And so that's something that God has slowly been imprinting in me to where I just want to do life with them. I want to be immersed in their world because I feel like when you're immersed in their world, you truly begin to understand what they go through. And I feel like that's important. A lot of these students... They just need somebody to show compassion to them. And so I just thank God for giving me this, this new perspective. And I'll use Cole Duracell for an example. He came into our youth ministry, and he was a rock star, but he was still kind of timid. He didn't want to use his gifts. And just seeing him just come completely out of his shell and lead worship, I mean, the oil just leaking out of him onto the other students, it's, it's just amazing to see. And I'm just so blessed that God gave me an opportunity to pour into that young man's life. That is what's so rewarding. So you might ask, you know, what motivates me? Well, just like you parents, you want to keep your kid from avoiding any heartbreak and pain that you went through. You know, like Maddie said, like Riley said, I lived a double life. You know, I got into college and just was completely off the rails. But through this pain, I realized that there was an aftermath where I had to do a lot of healing. And you parents know that you want to do anything and everything to keep your child from hurting. You know that seeing them hurting just does something to you. And so that's the same with these students. So guess what? If God can use me in any way, shape, or form to keep these students from hurting because of his grace, hey, I'm going to do it. So what motivates me? What motivates me is waking up every day and remembering that God didn't give up on me. So I'm not going to give up on these students. I want you to stretch your hand toward Cam right now. Lord, thank you for this man of God. Thank you for the call of God on his life. Lord, I thank you there's a pastoral gifting that's upon him. And Lord, right now, I lay my hands on him and I fan into flame the gift of God. Lord, right now, I pray for divine confirmation in his own soul. There's the internal call and there's the external confirmation. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, you would bring that confirmation inward Outwardly, Lord, I pray even as I lay my hands on him, I pray, God, for your confirming grace that Cam's going to preach the gospel. He's going to see people born again and saved. I thank you for the pastoral heart, not just to win souls, but to take care of souls, to shepherd souls. 
And God, I thank you for that call on his life. I thank you for the anointing upon him. And Maddie, Lord, I thank you for this woman of God being raised in the house of God to be used by you, God. Thank you. As John Wesley, quoted from Scripture, said he was like a, a brand plucked from the fire. Lord, I thank you. That, that's a picture of all of us. A brand plucked from the fire. We've been rescued from the enemy. We've been rescued from the devil. We've been rescued from hell. Lord, you've saved us for a purpose, for a calling. And we thank you that calling is great upon Cam, upon Maddie, and upon all of our young people. And so, God, thank you. Right now, we pray for Cam. And I just pray, Jesus. I pray, God, for a confirming word right now in his own soul. God, I pray for the gift of the Holy Ghost to rise up within him. And I thank you for the call of God on his life. In Jesus' awesome name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, no pressure. (laughs) Well, at this time, what I would like to do is not only pray for our leaders here, but uh, I would like to pray for all of our students. And uh, first service, we only had a handful, but I want to ask all of our students to come up, uh, middle school, high school, come on up here to the stage. We're going we're gonna to pray for the next generation, and I want y'all to stretch your hands here in just a minute toward them. Come on up here. Uh, come on, welcome them as they come. Uh, I, come on, yeah, thank you. Welcome them as they come. So proud, so proud of each and every one of them. Come on, cheer them on. Come on, come up here and stand. Go ahead, Hudson, go over here. Come on up here, y'all. Come on, don't stop. Give them more more applause. Thank you. Thank you, young people. Come on up here. Come on, go go further that way. All the way to the end. Let's push down. Go on. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Keep going all the way to the end. I love this. Come on up here, you guys. A little bit further, Hudson. Y'all go to the end. We got more. Okay. Look at this, y'all. Come on up here. I'll make room for everybody. Miss Terry, would you come up here, please? Come on up here, Miss Terry. Pastor David, would you give her a mic here in just a second? I want you to pray. Help her up. Somebody help Miss Terry up. So I want you to stretch your hands toward these incredible young people. And I'm going to go with my leaders here. We're going to go one by one, and we're going to lay hands on each and every one of them. And so stretch your hands now. Lord, thank you for these incredible young people. Lord, thank you for who they are. And Lord, ultimately who they represent. They represent you. And God, I thank you. They are brands snatched from the fire. Lord, you saved them. You're working in them. And Lord, I'm just, I'm in awe. I'm in awe of what you're doing. And so, Lord, right now, we lay our hands on each one. Lord, I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, right now, to come upon each of them in a new, fresh way. Lord, thank you for gifts of leadership, all the gifts of the Holy Spirit to be given right now. Lord, as we touch each head, Lord, I pray for the mind of Christ for each of these young people. Lord, thank you for renewed minds. Thank you for hearts that want to serve you. Lord, thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, for your call on these young people. Lord, right now we we pray against the schemes of the enemy. We pray against the devil and his tactics. We pray against weapons of mass deception and confusion. And Lord, we ask right now for an outpouring of your Spirit upon these young people. Lord, right now would you pour out your Spirit on them, Lord? Lord, would you do it now? Would you fill them to overflowing? Would you overwhelm them with your presence? God, would you give them hearts and minds 
Lord, that want to serve you all the days of their lives, Lord, even in the midst of their imperfections and their struggles. Lord, we know that the teenage years are so difficult, but Lord, we thank you that you are with them. You are for them. You are working in and on their behalf. And Lord, I thank you. Thank you for the mighty call. Thank you for the mighty call of God on their lives. Ms. Terry, I want you to pray. Father, I thank you and I praise you for the generation that's rising up. Yes. Father, I thank you for change that is coming. Change that will change the world, God. Yes. I thank you for these young men and women that are hearing the word of God, but they're doing the word of God. And I thank you, Father, to order their footsteps. The footsteps yes. of righteous men and women are ordered of the Lord. Yes. Order their footsteps, God. And I thank you for the anointing that is up on them to accomplish your will. In Jesus' mighty name. Yes. Amen. Yes, Amen. yes, yes. Come on, y'all. Give it up for all of our young people today.